Bilger listening in with us at Root Like Faith. It's our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's Word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by His mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. Today, we are talking about hope. You know, in the midst of chaos, it can be easy to despair. So we want to talk about shifting our perspective from an earthly one to a heavenly one. I don't know about you, but this is just what I need to be reminded of today. So let's get started. On today's episode of Root Like Faith, we are talking about living with hope. But first, we have something that we want to celebrate because today is the release of our brand new book. Honey, what are you laughing at? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm laughing at your enthusiasm. Well, I like it. I, you know, it's great. <laughs> I, feel, I feel really happy because of how happy you are. And that's okay. why I'm laughing. Well, you fill me with great joy. Okay, well, th- <laughs> listen, it's a long road to releasing a book. It, it, it is. It's a couple of years, the process. So this is just... An incredible day to celebrate. It's a very exciting day, finally. Finally, the release of our brand new book, In a Boat in the Middle of a Lake, Trusting the God Who Meets Us in Our Storm. And, you know, we've been talking about this book over the last several weeks and kind of sharing different people's stories with you. We hope that those have been an encouragement to you um, if you find yourself right now in a boat in the middle of a lake. Um, But we are celebrating the launch today. And we thought, gosh, out of all things to talk about, hope is where we'd want to start. So before we get going on the topic, I do want to share with you just a little bit about the book. And this is actually from our publicity statement. And I think it really sums up the book well. So if you have been thinking about buying the book, um, today is the day. This is our release day. And we'd love nothing more than for you to celebrate with us. And we are so, so grateful for your support. So this is what um, they have to say about the book. In a boat, in the middle of a lake, trusting the God who meets us in our storm is their story. And they're talking about us, Pat and I. But it's also everyone's story. At some point, we all find ourselves in a boat in the middle of a lake, uncertain about what is going to happen next, in danger of sinking as the storm rages. The good news is that we are not alone. God is with us. And just as he was trustworthy on the shore, he is trustworthy in the middle of the lake. In their compassionate and powerful new book, the Schwanks weave together lessons from their own experience with insightful Bible teaching. They help readers see that one of the greatest ways God transforms his children is through trials. The authors unpack why Jesus called his disciples into the middle of a lake when dry ground was so safe and comfortable. In a boat in the middle of a lake helps readers understand why the depth of hurt of our hurt enables us to experience deep hope. Learn to conquer fear, to experience the freedom God has for us, and discover how God uses chaos and not just the classroom to shape and work through us. Today, in your confusion about God's intentions, your disappointment over lost dreams, your disillusionment about prayer, God is offering hope. Jesus is still Lord over the water, and while he is not moved by the waves, he is moved by you. So like I said, um, it's so fitting that that last line refers to the hope 
that we have in Christ. Because I would say that probably the thing that I am most excited about with this book is I, I just picture the woman or the young man or the older gentleman or the older woman sitting there in their room reading this book. And I am praying that the Lord gives, fills them with such hope um, in the midst of their storm. And I think that's the thing I'm most excited about is that this book offers hope to those that are hurting. Yeah. I mean, I would just agree with that hundred percent. I mean, I just, sorry, I get a little, just getting emotional thinking about when you just <laughs> reading that and uh, just hearing, you know, I just sort of, um, you know, as you're reading that, just, it's, it, it's easy for me to kind of go back in my mind to the last two and a half years and just what we walked through and then just mm -hmm. the writing process, you know, and, and how at times, like I didn't want to write the book, like it was too, um, it was too painful, you know, yeah. to kind of go back and revisit some of those events or experiences. And I just remember so many times sitting in my office, you know, when I was writing the book and I'd just be in tears, the door was shut and I was just praying nobody would come <laughs> knock right. on the door because I was in no shape to answer it. And, and so I think it's always scary to release a book because um, you you just, you, you really hope people enjoy it. And, and this one I think is especially um, scary because there's just so many uh, parts of it that you feel like are are um, very personal, mm -hmm. and you know this is by far uh, the most vulnerable uh, book that we've written. And like you, I think what kept me writing it, what kept us, you know, kind of plowing ahead with this, was that we really wanted to not just share our story because again, we're not experts in suffering, but we wanted to offer the message of Jesus, the, the mm -hmm. message of hope. And that's what this is about. This isn't about us selling books. I mean, this is about us pointing people to Jesus. Yes. Who, gives hope like nobody else can. And so that's what I'm so excited about with the release of this book. We just, uh, you know, there were so many times where I'd be out walking at night and thinking about the book. And I just was so overwhelmed at different points, um, just with, with uh, you know, what I felt like was the Holy Spirit. Just I've just felt so confident in, at different points writing this, that God is going to use this book in a mm -hmm. powerful way. And I think, there's just a lot of people that are in a boat in the middle of a lake, and we are just praying and trusting that God is going to use this book um, to really speak into the depth of people's hurt so that they might experience a deeper hope in Christ crucified and resurrected and one day returning. Mm, yes, amen. And we, we don't want to waste what we've been through or what we're going through. And I think that probably you might feel that way too. You know, none of us want to waste our life. And even when the hard things come and it makes it really, really hard to share that, like Pat was saying, I mean, literally the scenes of just how that all played out in our personal lives when Pat was diagnosed and everything and inviting you into what that looked like in our home or in our own personal heart, um, how we handled that, uh, all of that with our family, everything, that's really hard. Um, and it's definitely hard to revisit. It's traumatic enough to go through it, but then to revisit it, it's it's really hard. But we're just praying, like I said, that God uses this um, for his good and for his glory and, and that he reaches you um, wherever you are today with this message of hope. So like I mentioned, you know, we're going to talk about hope. And I know um, it can be so easy to despair. 
And it's interesting because, you know, what the, the world doesn't offer us a hope that lasts, right? We know that there's something different. There's something unique about what the Christian has to offer. What we as Christ followers have to offer the world is different than the, what the world has to offer in regards to hope. And so we want to start there. We want to talk about, you know, how does Christian hope offer the world something unique. Yeah, I mean, I think you're, you're right. I mean, there is just so much despair in the world. I mean, there always has been at different times, but it just seems like, you know, right now with everything that's going on with, with you know, with COVID and we're, we're in the midst of, you know, coming up on, on election season and there's just lots of, you know, weird stuff going on mm-hmm, in the world yeah. and lots of discouragement and, and despair for a variety of different reasons. It just, there, there's a darkness and I think that's really what despair is. I mean, it's just really a loss of hope. It's mm. it's giving up or giving in. I think when you walk through, you know, suffering or trials, when you find yourself in a boat in the middle of a lake, I mean, everybody, I think, faces that despair at some point. You face discouragement and you, you might begin to doubt. And yet, you know, those seasons of, of doubt or wrestling with God, feeling disoriented, they, they do. They, they either lead to despair or they lead to greater devotion. And I think what we find and what we tell about in the story is that, you know, our suffering, you know, our season of circumstances just um, allowed us to, to hope in a, in a new way, in a deeper mm. way. And, and what is so unique about Christian hope is that, you know, hope, you know, oftentimes we use that word as it, it means that we're just sort of, you know, it's wishful thinking. Right. You know, I, I hope things work out. I hope my candidate gets elected. I, I hope my marriage improves or I hope my son or daughter returns to the faith. Um, you know, we use that word usually as a way of, of sort of hoping, um, you know, things turn out the way we want them to. And yet hope, at least from a Christian perspective, is this is this guarantee. This is what the future holds. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus really did die for us. He really did rise again from the grave. He really is reigning and ruling over all things. He really is King of kings and Lord of lords. And he is really going to one day return and, and restore and renew all things and wipe away every tear. I mean, that's the Christian hope that, that really... Um, I think informs how we walk through discouraging, despairing times here in the present. It's yeah. this guarantee about mm-hmm. what is to come that we really do have a future because Christ has risen. Yeah, and I think there's a big, big difference between that wishful thinking, which I know probably everybody can identify with. You know, oh man, I hope this happens, or I hope that happens, or um, even. I was when really it- hoping for for college football to happen <laughs> this fall, just to sort of lighten the mood for exactly. a moment. Exactly. I, I needed that to happen. I thought you were going to say you were hoping for some hair plugs because well, that's what on. you usually that's bring up. <laughs> Sorry, had to go there. If usually we sell a lot do. of books. <laughs> That's what uh, I'm going to buy. But, you know, there's this wishful thinking, and sometimes it's even a deep wishful thinking, like for things that are serious. Yeah, and good, good things. Yeah, good things. Yeah. Um, but I, like you said, there's this difference when it's like anchored in real truth, you know? Yeah, I think that's, that, you're, you're right. That's really good. I mean, I think we need to distinguish oftentimes um, between earthly hope and heavenly hope. Mm-hmm. And one really informs the other. I mean, I think one of the differences is that, you know, earthly hope is horizontal, and yeah. heavenly hope is vertical. And, and what I mean by that is that, you know, we have these earthly hopes that sometimes are really good things, like like you were already describing, you know, hoping that our marriage improves or, mm-hmm. I mean, just there's so many different examples. And yet heavenly hope is that vertical hope. And our, our heavenly hope in Jesus crucified and resurrected, that there really is a God who who's with us and for us, that there, we really do have a future 
is is an unshakable hope. I mean, every other earthly hope is really fragile. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's, you know, hope in finances or health or a relationship, I mean, all of those earthly hopes that are horizontal, they might be good hopes, but they're really fragile where our heavenly hope is unshakable, the scriptures say. I mean, that, that we have this inheritance that can't spoil, it can't fade. Nobody can can snatch that out of God's hands or out of our hands. And so it's that heavenly hope that really ought to infuse or envelop uh, or inform our earthly hope. I mean, it's our conviction about the future that enables us to, to live faithfully in the present. Yeah, and I think that earthly hope, we find ourselves wishing for something. And I said, like, it could be even something serious. Like, you're wishing and hoping that your cancer gets put in right. remission, right? I mean, we obviously that was, we were praying and pleading with God. Um, but the difference then, when we have a heavenly hope, it goes from that earthly hope of, of wishful thinking and praying and um, to this heavenly hope that we can say, even if, and I know that's a phrase, um, I can't remember what scripture that's from, um, but that is a phrase that you hear often, um, and it's based out of the Bible, and it's even if, God, you know, even if this um, doesn't happen, or even if this does happen, no matter what the outcome is, I'm going to praise you anyways. And I think when I think about earthly hope and heavenly hope, that ties those things together for me because earthly hope, like I said, we were praying that God would put the cancer in remission. And I don't know what that is for you. Maybe you're praying that God would come through financially, that God would bring your husband back, that God would... um, Uh, come into your parenting where you feel inadequate and change things, whatever it is, that's the place that we say, God, please, but even if that's where the heavenly hope comes in, because we know that no matter what the outcome is, no matter what happens, we can hope in Christ. Yeah, that's, that's so good. And you're, you're exactly right. I don't know whether this is the passage of scripture that you're referring to or, or thinking of, but um, Habakkuk chapter three, which mm-hmm. is you know a book that we don't typically read. I don't right. know, most <laughs> people aren't reading out of Habakkuk, and I, and I wasn't reading out of Habakkuk when I came across this passage. I saw somebody else quote it, and made me go back and read the mm-hmm. the whole book. But at the very end of Habakkuk, which is just a short book in the Old Testament, um, you know the writer says says this. He says, "Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines." Um, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no um, sheep in the pens and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful mm. in God, my Savior. Um, the, the sovereign Lord is my strength. And I just love that. I mean, that's what you're talking about, that, that even if things don't go the way we are hoping or wishing, we're still going to be okay because we belong to God. Right. Um, we, we came from him and we'll return to him and we belong uh, by faith in Jesus to his kingdom and even if things uh, don't go the way that we're hoping and praying, even if the worst case scenario happens, we're still going to be okay because we belong to God and, and there's nothing that can separate us yeah, from, and we from can, his love. And we can trust him and we have a heavenly hope. And that is the difference. That's the difference um, in Christian hope. That's what makes it unique. Because like we said, the wishful thinking, the earthly hope is one thing. The heavenly hope is a completely different thing. So we want to talk about a few of our different, um, a few different passages of scripture that are uh, related to hope that we feel like are, are a good place to come back to. 
And so I want to start with 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5. And if you have a pen or maybe notes on your phone or something, put these in there so you can come back to these places. So 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. I love that. that I, I remember reading that passage multiple times. I pull it up on my phone as mm. we're sitting in the doctor's office. And that was kind of, you know, for me, one of the go-to passages, mm. um, you know, early on where we'd be over at, at um, you know, the cancer center waiting to see my specialist. And, and I would pull up, you know, the Bible on my, my version app. And that verse in particular was one I just kept coming back to. And so I just love that. I mean, here's Peter, who's now a much older, you know, man writing to, to Christians that were facing um, all sorts of trials and, mm. and struggles mm-hmm. and suffering. And um, Peter, as an older man, reminds them of the hope that they have in Christ and that that, that hope that they have is something that, that Jesus has given them, that we, by faith, been born into this living hope, he says, you know, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And then there's this inheritance. You know, there, there's something. Um, I, I love that picture of heaven as an inheritance for us mm, that, mm-hmm. that will never perish or spoil or fade. I mean, it, yeah. it's a secure inheritance. It's a secure reward for us as we come to faith in Jesus and continue to be faithful to him. Um, and again, you know, that, that is what is distinctly Christian uh, about our hope is that, that it's a guarantee mm-hmm. because of what Jesus has accomplished for us. I mean, think about Peter. Uh, he was one of those first followers of Jesus and he saw the miracles of Jesus. He saw Jesus crucified and he saw him resurrected. Mm. And this was yeah. a, a, con- a confident uh, hope that, that Peter had a deep conviction. It was a guarantee for him. He'd seen the risen Jesus mm-hmm. and he wanted to remind those early Christians in their suffering that, hey, this isn't wishful thinking. Whatever you face, uh, remember that that in the end, uh, you have a future. And I love that, like when you're talking about Peter, I'm thinking about how many struggles he had in life. Yeah. You know, and how many times he he denied Jesus and he, he even, you know, went back, you know, turned, turned his back on him. Right. And yet we see here that he came to this place of saying, listen, there is no other place yep. to find real living hope. And I love... I love um, the pe- the part that says that who through faith are shielded by God's power. I love that. Like you, just that picture of that because of our faith, God uses our faith to shield us. And to me, I think of comfort and I think of protection when I when I hear that. That's so so good. So that's First Peter one three through five. If you want to write that down. Next is Romans eight eighteen. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Yeah, I remember reading that um, again, sort of in those first five months of treatment and writing that verse in particular in my journal and just keep I keep coming. I, I would keep coming back to that is is difficult as those treatments were at different times or going through the stem cell transplants. I just would, would keep telling myself nothing that I'm experiencing now comes close to comparing to what God has for me. Mm, um, and I so I think to remind ourselves, you know, I, here's an example. I this is, you know, this is a, maybe a terrible il- illustration, but it's, it's, uh, and <laughs> I, I remember honey. when, when it. I was a kid, when I was like in sixth or seventh grade, 
um, me and several other of my classmates went to the Boundary Waters canoeing area oh boy. in northern Minnesota, Canada. So if we have any you know listeners from um, from that area, from uh, northern Minnesota, Canada, let us know. But we would go camping the Boundary Waters. We did that for two summers, mm-hmm. and I remember you know getting in there. We we would have to portage, which means you have to like pick up your canoe and carry it on your shoulders, and you have a big pack. And like as a sixth grade boy, wait, like, I was about to say I was trying to was intense you in sixth grade carrying a canoe on your shoulder. <laughs> Sorry, I don't like where this is going. Yeah. I mean, this is anyways. I had no problem with that, but okay. um, but I remember carrying that. And, and you would have to sometimes portage for a half a mile or, or sometimes yeah, longer. Far. And I remember, you know, on one particular um, trek, you know, the, one of the teachers that was guiding the trip, you know, he had told us that when we got to the campsite, you were going to build a fire and we were going to fish and we we're going to have fresh fish on the fire. There, there was like this sense of like, hey, I know what you're walking through right now is really difficult, but it's going to be worth it mm. um, because mm-hmm. when we get there, we're, we're going to experience this together. And I know that's such a cheap illustration but at least in some ways it is a reminder of when we're suffering. It's like we just need to continue reminding ourselves, hey, what we're going through does not compare to what is ahead of us, what's in store for us, what God is is waiting to give us someday. And so I just love that that verse. Um, you know, I consider that our present sufferings, what we're enduring right now, what is so painful right now, the the aching of our hearts and, and the tears and, and you know, the illness, whatever it is, it's not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed mm. in us. There, there's a, uh, a quote that I uh, read recently um, by a gentleman who lived in the 1800s, and he, he used the phrase, he said, paradise pays for it all. Mm, I love and that. I just love that. And what he meant by that is that, that uh, heaven will, will um, pay for all of the hurt uh, that mm. you are encountering right now. It'll be worth mm. it. Paradise, paradise pays for it all. And uh, I think that's what Paul's talking about in Romans 8, 8, 18. It's just a reminder that, that what we're going through right now um, will not compare in any way to, to God's glory and the goodness and just what he has in store for us mm, one day. I love that. And I, I really love that illustration. I know it was, you know. It's a B plus. No, it I was it good. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I, what I, what I, was I should have thought about that one no. before you. Listen, we started this. what I was thinking when you were sharing that story is how really I was, you know, thinking of you, you'd make this trek with this canoe and your backpack and it's really hard and you're walking a mile. I mean, that's far. I had a lot and of outfits too. I, I'm a, I'm a heavy packer for <laughs> guy. I like to. Like so you had a really heavy backpack. I had a heavy backpack and but, accessories. But, but what I was, okay, honey, I'm trying to be serious here. What I was picturing was how, how much like life that is like yeah. we're on this journey and it's we keep walking and we we have to keep going and we keep going and th- i mean that's what you're yeah. doing no, every step of the way and and it can be really really to tough yes yeah. and yep. we want to give up but yet there was this great reward and we have a great reward at the end i love and that I, and I think that that's one of the challenges that we all face um in you know e- e- as christians that that we don't always believe in heaven. Mm. I mean, I think that's the, the reality mm. is that we, we, you know, living in the time that we're living in, and I know this isn't true for everybody, but like we have it really good. Mm-hmm. And in many ways we have heaven on earth. And so I think it's, it's really challenging sometimes, um, because of just the way that, that God has, has blessed us in this country, this time, um, to long for heaven and mm. to look forward to it and to really believe in it as a, as a, as a reality. Yeah. And so um, I think sometimes our lack of faith in what God has said about the future um, can, be a, can be an obstacle for us. And so I think as we go through tough times, that's one of the ways God births 
I think that that new and deeper hope in us is that that becomes more real to us. We begin to long mm-hmm. for heaven. And that's I think one of the things about suffering and trials is it really does purify you from from your love of this world and it, and it makes you homesick for the world that right. is to come yeah and i think in in the walking that is really really hard we can we can either tend to just want to give up or we can actually just be drawn so much closer to christ because yep. there's no other choice that yep. we have in suffering and and i feel like that was our story i mean it if it was like i couldn't find enough scriptures to turn to. I mean, I was searching for hope in God's word over and over and over again through that time. That was literally the only thing that would bring me hope and would bring me peace. So that was Romans eight eighteen, and you'll want to make sure you make a note of that. So as we close up, um, we just want to share a couple of things um, that we we hope will be an encouragement to you. If you are, if you are in the middle of suffering right now, or just maybe life feels really, really hard, uh, we want to encourage you with a couple of things. And so, um, first of all, we want just to remind you that you have a future. Yeah. I, you know, I think for, for me, when, when we look back in those early days, like I, you and I are such dreamers. We're always thinking about the future and thinking about next projects or, or, you know, whatever it is. And it was really difficult. I think when suffering Mm. hits, it's really difficult to think about tomorrow or next month or next year or 10 years from now. And I remember at some point um, before my stem cell transplant, God just saying, you know what, no matter what happens, um, no matter whether this cancer goes into remission for the next 30 years or the next 10 years, um, or whether it comes back in a year, you have a future. Um, That's the message of the gospel. That's the good news is that we all have a future. And, and I think that's true, too, in, in different areas of our life where somebody maybe has experienced, um, you know, a, a painful uh, marriage that's fallen apart or maybe they, they've lost a, a child or, or a loved one. And I think that, that what hope offers us is a new beginning. Mm. And, and so we, I know we're, we're talking on one hand about heavenly hope, about being with God someday, but I think God offers us new beginnings and, and new hopes here and now. Yeah. And oftentimes we go through something tragic or difficult, and out of that, God births something new for us, a new season, maybe a new ministry, uh, a new relationship, um, a, a new dream for us. And so it's out of the, uh, out of the, the ashes there, sometimes mm. of our pain and our suffering, that emerges something new and beautiful that God lays on our heart. And so I would just say to those that are that are listening, that are maybe going through something difficult or have gone some through something difficult, like God has a future for you. He, yes. He's not going to wait. He doesn't want to waste your pain. No. And, and so God wants to bring something new out of what you've been through. He, he offers you hope, a new beginning. Um, you have a future because of what God has done for you. And, and he wants to bring new things uh, out of the hurt that you've experienced. Yeah, I remember you saying, I remember when you, w- you wouldn't stop talking about how God had, f- had just given you that realization because yep. I think it's so easy to feel like hopeless, yep. you know, well, to go to again, fall into discouragement right. and, and despair. despair. Yep. Yep. So you have a future. That's the first thing we would tell you. And then the second thing that we would want to encourage you with, encourage you with, and we want to encourage you with, if you are in the middle of something really hard right now, is that your current reality is not your final reality. Yeah, I think that's such a good reminder. I think oftentimes, um, you know, when we're going through something difficult, we just can 
can fall into believing this is the way it's always going to be. Um, I'm always going to feel this way. These are the way things are, are going to be for the next year, the next two years. This mm-hmm. is going to be my, my, these are going to be my circumstances, you know, from here on out. And so I think it's such a reminder that, that what we're going through now does not mean that's what we'll be going through a year from now or five years from now. And so your current reality is not your final reality. And so I think that can be just such a great source of encouragement um, when we're going through a, a difficult time, that, that this hurt and this pain um, doesn't have to define you, that, that God mm-hmm. has something new, he has something better for you uh, down the road. And I think what the enemy would love to do is to keep us, again, in discouragement, despair, mm-hmm. thinking this is the way things are always going to be. Yeah, and I think also the hope in that statement, your current reality is not your final reality, goes as far as heaven. Yep. You know, that we, no matter if, if our suffering ends um, in death even, we ha- our final reality is heaven and, and ultimate hope um, in heaven with him. Yeah, and I, I think you see that in the life of Jesus, you know, obviously most, most perfectly, most beautifully, that, that he, he suffered before he entered into his glory. Mm. And, and all of us are, are called to follow in his footsteps um, in different ways. And, and we too will, will suffer before we enter into that, into that glory. And so we're really following in the footsteps of the one who suffered for us, but also has been raised to new life for mm-hmm. us. I love that. And I think that just, you know, through this conversation, throughout this conversation, it is so evident that Christ, our Christian hope is unique and it does have something to offer us that the world can never, ever, ever give. And I am so, so grateful for that. So, you know, I'm thinking about, uh, again, the person listening who is in the middle of something really hard. And, uh, you know, we wrote this book because we, we've been there and we are there still. I mean, we, this isn't something that ends, you know, the day after it happens or something. And so I, I would love to close this episode, um, with, with prayer and honey, would you pray for the person listening who is, who's listening and they're like, yeah, that's great. But my, I, it feels like I'm in hell right now. And yes, I would love to do that. And sorry, (laughs) woo. I I will definitely pray. You don't ever have to apologize to me for, for crying. (laughs) I know. And, um, I, I will pray for those that are in that place where um, it is so difficult, it's so challenging, they yeah. feel disoriented, uh, that God would just meet them in that, in that place. Yeah, because we and know, so. and I mean, I'm getting emotional because we know what it's like to feel like you're in the hardest place you've ever been. Well, let's pray. Father, we, um, we just come before you today, and we love you. Thank you for um, just all that you've done for us. Thank you that you are, um, you're not like a father, you are a father, and We just thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you never give up on us. Thank you that you are the one that pursued us and you've given us your son, Jesus, and he died a death that we deserve. I mean, he suffered for us. Uh, He entered into our pain and into our our suffering and he took on the limitations of humanity so that that he might save us and restore us into a, a right relationship with you. And so we just thank you for the gift of your son that he died for us. He rose again. Uh, that the grave really is empty and that we really do have a future. And so we just thank you that by our faith in Jesus, you forgive us, you wash us clean, you give us new hope, 
right here and right now, but you give us the hope of everlasting life. Mm -hmm. You give us the, the hope of being with you someday. And so God, we just pray for those listeners that are in the midst of something really, really difficult right now, that you would meet them in that place, meet, meet them in their darkness, meet them in their chaos and remind them that you are present with them, that you are for them. And God, would you just restore them, give them joy and peace, help them to be aware of your presence in just a tangible way today and renew the hope that is only theirs in Christ. And so I just pray that you would fill those that are hurting today with a deep hope. And so we just love you, we trust you, and we pray all of that in Jesus' good and powerful name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, honey. Well, this has once again been such a good conversation. And we just want to thank you for celebrating our book launch with us. We are so, so grateful for your support. If you haven't ordered your copy yet, or maybe you just grabbed your copy today. Our publisher has graciously extended the pre-order bonuses for this week only, which include the first three chapters to start reading right away before your book arrives and an incredible scripture memorization guide we put together to help you through anything life throws your way. You can grab your copy of In a Boat in the Middle of a Lake wherever books are sold. So Amazon, Barnes & Noble, ChristianBook.com, etc. Once you place your order, just make sure you go to inaboatbook.com com to get the first three chapters and that scripture memorization guide. Now we pray for those of you who are reading our book that God would meet you there in that space in your deepest hurts and your darkest struggles that he would show you his hope. Wow, what a great conversation today. And as you know, if you have been joining us every week, each week we walk away with a key idea. It's the main takeaway summing up what we've talked about. So today's key idea is our heavenly hope must infuse our earthly hope. We will also be sure to put that key idea in the show notes as well as anything else we referenced at rootlikefaith.com forward slash podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram and we'd love it if you would at Patrick W. Schwank and at Ruth Schwank or on Facebook. And as if we don't say it enough already, we are thrilled you are joining us and we welcome you into our family here at Root Like Faith. If you enjoyed the show today, would you be so kind to leave us a review or rating? That is a tremendous help to us as we spread the word about Root Like Faith and we are so grateful for your help. <laughs>